on WABC. Here he is, a man who now I call a dear friend and proudly so, the great Peter King. Congressman King, Happy New Year. Welcome back, pal. How are you? Happy New Year to you. I never thought the last time I saw you that you'd be homeless. Oh, my God. (laughs) Guy with all your power and money. I know. I know. Believe me. But I'm not homeless for living in a very nice hotel, walking (laughs) distance. But I had to kick out a couple of migrants just to get my room, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) How did they feel when you moved in? (laughs) Well, it's been interesting the last couple of months for the Rosenberg family. That's uh, that's true. I want to get your take on this whole McCarthy thing. I think it's because become really embarrassing for the GOP. MSNBC and CNN are having a, a, a great time with this the last couple of mornings. The chaos around McCarthy and the GOP, really disappointed in people like Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates. A, what do these people really want? And B, do you think eventually McCarthy will get the speaking gig? I certainly hope he would. Listen, I don't agree with Kevin McCarthy on everything, but the fact is that over 90 percent of the elected Republicans uh, chose him to be their speaker. I mean, it's 90 percent. The people you're talking about who are against him, first of all, you know, the only ones who have any reputation at all are Matt Gates, who was uh, you know, investigated for being a sex, a sex trafficker, and Paul Kozar, who every member of his family came out against him. I mean, you know, he ran for office. So there's no one there who's a serious player. Among the almost, almost well, what about Bobert? What about the gun toter out of Colorado, Lauren Bobert? Yeah, I mean, what has she, she done? I mean, she was Nothing. in one term and she barely won her last election. So, I mean, she's the last one who should be telling the rest of the country what to do. But here's the point those are issues that you resolve within the party. And that's why in the last 170 years, there's only been one other time where a speaker wasn't elected on the first ballot. Uh, it's a consensus that if you have real differences, you resolve them within the party, and then you go forward. Now, listen, if there was a great moral issue here, if there was some issue of war and peace, if it was slavery, the Holocaust, something like that, you know, whether we should be in war or not, those are issues maybe that you take to the House floor to speaker. But you have to have one person who is the leader of your party. Out of 90%, vote for McCarthy to be the leader. That's the way it should be. It's a bad precedent if we say that uh, a small group, and I don't think you would have had 19 if it wasn't for the original five, once they did that and sort of emboldened the others, and now they can use that as a fundraising gimmick back in their district. But if we go into this thing where, and by the way, let me go back a bit. Nancy Pelosi, she had a lot of opposition from AOC in that crowd. Nancy Pelosi only got 216 votes the last time she ran for speaker. But the Democrats came together enough to reelect her. And I was there also with, with uh, John Boehner and Newt Gingrich when they were under attack. The the party always came together to give them the votes they need. You have to have, in a real world, you have to have a real leader out there. You have to yeah. have a leader out there, and you can't be going back and forth carrying on all these yeah. arguments and discussions. No, I agree. And uh, Brian Kilmeade said on this show about uh, about an hour ago, these should have taken place behind closed doors, not for MSNBC to be talking about it before all this took right. place. And you already just said to Lydia, I would bring Nancy Pelosi on this show. I couldn't stand her. I disagree with her. But the truth is, she kept her house in order, something we don't do. And this has been years of this. Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, now this nonsense with Kevin McCarthy. What is the GOP trying to do exactly? Kill themselves? I tell you, it's uh, my old uh, friend Jimmy Breslin would say it's a gang that can't shoot straight. Right. I mean, they really. <laughs> I mean, Kevin McCarthy again. Give him credit for this. In 2020, when Donald Trump lost the elect- national election by seven million votes, no matter how you want to add it up, and the popular vote he lost, Kevin McCarthy picked up 20 House seats for the Republican. Then this year, we took over the House, so we have 222 seats. 
we—that's about 30, 30 something seats that he's picked up in the two terms he's been, you know, the leader, minority leader, and uh, you know, they have no other candidate. It'd be different if they had if there was someone like a Henry Hyde or even like among the Democrats, and they had Steny Hoyer and Nancy Pelosi fighting it out. You had two heavyweight contenders. Here you have Kevin McCarthy, and the only name they, they're putting up against him now is Jim Jordan, who's supporting Kevin McCarthy. I mean, this is this is madness. And uh, what Brian Kilmeade said is true, but this was fought out behind closed doors. They had a closed-door conference, a closed-door election, and Kevin McCarthy was overwhelmingly selected to be the Republican candidate. So these people are grandstanding as a bad precedent we're going to set if a handful of people can tie up the entire Congress. Because I know people are like saying you know, uh, George Santos was sworn in. He wasn't sworn in. We That's don't true. have a Congress today. That's right. There's no Congress. No, I made that mistake this morning. I said uh, Santos was sworn in yesterday, and the truth is, and again, MSNBC all over this this morning, because Santos put on his website, sworn in. And, of course, he's not sworn in. Why is that? Because there is no speaker yet. So he was not sworn in. I made the same mistake. But before we get to Santos and what he's been doing, you mentioned Jim Jordan. Chip Roy on the floor nominated Jim Jordan for that speaker job yesterday. Like you said, Jordan is supporting McCarthy. He doesn't want any part of this. So even doing that, even just mentioning Jim Jordan's name, causes a whole other splinter inside the GOP. Right, and they're being cute and doing that. And uh, listen, it's easy to stand on the sidelines. I mean, you know, you're going through that now. You have dinner with Eric Adams, and certainly you're suddenly you're a traitor. Suddenly <laughs> right, you're right. to the other side. Right. I mean, or, or by the way, if God forbid uh, Mike Pence is on the show with me, when you sent me a great article just a couple of days ago, which said of all these candidates, including DeSantis and Trump, Mike Pence may be the most conservative and American of all. Yeah, that's the irony of those people. Maybe they don't know what a conservative is. I mean, uh, Mike Pence over the years was much more conservative than Donald Trump ever was. So, I mean, to me, we have to be able to have honest differences and uh, but keep people within the same tent. I mean, to be excluding people because you don't agree with something they said or did on a certain day is insane. And uh, also, as you as you see now in your dealings with Eric Adams, that if you in any way vary, if you want to reach out at all, uh, somehow you're considered a traitor, and it's uh, it's wrong. Meanwhile, uh, uh, you know the country is in bad shape. But really, let's say we had a war situation tomorrow. Who House representatives is not there? We, half of our Congress is missing because of this, and it's insane to put the country through this again. If we were talking about a major major issue, but if you ask these guys, you know what's you know what's the difference? What's the difference between uh, Matt Gates and? Uh, Kevin McCarthy, other than the fact that Kevin McCarthy is more normal, but there's no big policy difference. These guys want positions for themselves. They want power, they, and they love getting you know, their name out there. I and mean, would anybody be talking about these people if they weren't doing this now, if they weren't hijacking the Congress? So it's really bad. Let me tell you one good story, though, Sid. This story is a good ending. I go to church last week, St. William and the Abbott Church in Seaford, and there's always this uh, usher in the back. His name is Tom. I walk in, Tom is in there. His wife is there. I say, oh, how you doing? How's Tom? Oh, he's in the hospital. He has an MRI. Uh, I think you may have cancer. I don't know. What, she oh. says, so I, so anyway, that's a good ending. So I, I try to console her. And she goes, you know, it's really terrible what happened with Bernie. But Sid is doing a terrific job. And oh. it's so good that Lou is back. And the team she got in both Deedle on, uh, is, is great on Tuesday. I'm thinking, wait a minute, your husband's in the hospital with MRI cancer. And you're talking about Lou Rufino. You're talking about Sid Rosenberg. And you're talking about Bo Deedle. And here we are in a church of God, house of God. And that's why, you know, she, she was so... 
concerned about you go. Bottom line is the husband come back, all the tests were fine. Oh, good. The show said, no matter where I go, even in a Catholic church, <laughs> I got to hear about Sid Rosenberg. Well, I'm big in and Catholic we were, churches. You know, are you in the last time he even went to church? No, I, well, I was there quite a bit uh, when Bernie went through what he went through, when Mike Breen made that point twice up at the uh, altar, uh, making my visits to St. Patrick's Cathedral, Bernie's church. You were there, too, out on Long Island. So I am no stranger to the Catholic church. Before we wrap this up, you mentioned George Santos. He was not sworn in, but he's going to be sworn in. Uh, seems hard to believe we were celebrating him as one of the four Republicans that flipped the seat uh, last November. Now he's become a really public enemy number one to both Democrats and Republicans. How do you think this George Santos thing ends? I think he, well, he's going to be sworn in. I think as soon as he's sworn in, they're going to be in a House ethics investigation. He's already being investigated, apparently, by the United States Attorney, by the Nassau County DA. And uh, I, I don't see how he survives. Uh, I mean, everything in terms of everything about him is, is, is a fraud. And by the way, he says he won the election two years. He lost by 12 points, the Swazi. I mean, it's uh, – but anyway, still, I mean, he doesn't uh, – he has to be seated uh, because, again, nothing's been proven against him. But I think once you have these hearings, the ethics hearings, once the U.S. attorney gets involved, yeah. and we're talking about potential criminal conduct here. Yeah, I mean, there's no uh, – uh, you know, people say Joe Biden lied and this guy lied. All of that is true. But the fact is that uh, – uh, when you falsify financial documents, when suddenly you get you go from being evicted from your apartment in Sunnyside to being able to give seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to your campaign, <laughs> and you don't really list any any clients or anything. You know, where did that money come from? How did he get it? That's a good question. So that's that's yeah. all going to be investigated, yeah. and it is being yeah. investigated. So, no, I, I, I listen. I, I I don't like seeing anyone really in trouble, but I, I have no sympathy for Santos. Everything about him has been a lie. Yep. I actually reached out to Lee Zeldin yesterday. I said, hey, Lee, what do you think about taking Santos's position if it's vacated? His exact answer was, I haven't thought about that yet. Lee Zeldin, keep an eye on that. Anyway, as always, Pete King, amazing. You were so helpful in 2022. You're going to be a huge part of this show in 2023. I love you. I love Rosemary, the whole King family. Happy New Year, and thank you so much again for another great appearance. Thank you, sir. It's always great. Thank you. You too. The great Peter King.